Obviously, Caleb Williams should be the Dynasty Superflex 101, but are there potential cracks in his armor? What's the case for him? Let's talk about it. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms, and this is a follow-up video to yesterday's Case 4, Marvin Harrison Jr. So if you're checking this podcast out for the first time, make sure you go check that video out as well. You're going to hear some of my arguments that I used over there in this video, but I'm going to make a much stronger case for why Caleb Williams in a Superflex League should be the 101. Before we get to that, you can find the podcast on Twitter at FFAfterDark. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin, my co-host uh, at Dynasty underscore Dale. He'll be back for the the mock draft, the one quarterback mock draft that we're going to be doing tomorrow. Spoiler alert, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the 101 in a one quarterback league. But how highly does Caleb Williams go? Find out tomorrow. A little spoiler there for you. But if you want to hear our actual Superflex mock draft rankings, Go back, we just did it a couple weeks ago. You can hear how we ranked a lot of these rookies for that. And we had a little bit of a discussion then, but I wanted to make a bigger discussion about it today, about why Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison Jr., who should be the Dynasty 101. There's also Drake May in that in that discussion as well. Drake May has been balling out this year. The dude's playing extremely well. Um, and... Just like C.J. Stroud, I would not be surprised if some crazy organization took Drake May over Caleb Williams next spring. And this is kind of what I was talking about when I, with the opener to the episode, Caleb Williams has been called many, many things, generational, you know, the, the best we've ever seen, better than Andrew Luck, all these things. But at the same time, he has a lot of uh, baggage with him as well. And some of it is fair, some of it is not, uh, but you know, you kind of love him or you hate him. And that's where you got to wonder what you have to take all of it into account, I guess, is, is how I want to say that. And once we get to the actual draft, I would not be surprised if Drake May is a much more talked about one, 101, 102, who's going to go first between these two guys. Drake May is a lot more consistent, I think, with what he's been able to do than Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams has shown such special talents and um, what he's able to do that it's insane. Like he's done it through three years now. Caleb Williams is nuts. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But at the same time, I could also see the case for the actual NFL taking Drake May over someone like a Caleb Williams. And at that point, you know, I'll have a third video for <laughs> the case for Drake May at the 101. But I wanted to make a case for why Caleb Williams should be the Superflex 101. And again, if you watch yesterday's with Marvin Harrison, Thank you guys for checking this one out as well. If you haven't seen that one yet, go listen to why I make the case for Marvin Harrison Jr. But Caleb Williams is special. He's a very, very talented player. And when you get into it in a dynasty team, right, quarterbacks are extremely valuable. And we've kind of seen that this year. The number of quarterback injuries and um, just bad quarterback play we've had this year, you know, there's been more rookie quarterbacks starting this year than any in NFL history. And at the same time, this has probably been one of the worst and least competitive seasons of play for the NFL in my lifetime. Like it's just, it's bad. It's, 
you have a few teams at the top that are competing and actually look like good teams. There's a few teams in the middle that, you know, they can show up and they can also disappoint. And then there's like 16, 18 teams that you're just like, man, this team stinks, man. I don't like this team. I don't want to root for this team. They have no chance of winning the Super Bowl unless they go on some miracle run, right? And a lot of those teams have come down to quarterback play. And that's where a Caleb Williams, if he can hit, would be so insane. Now, I broke down some of these stats yesterday with some with my argument for Marvin Harrison Jr., but you look at these elite wide receivers compared to the quarterbacks, and it's gotten a little bit worse the last couple of years because quarterback play has gotten worse over time, generally, in my opinion, in terms of what these guys are expected to do year one and save these franchises compared to... Um, you know, what they're actually able to do, for example. But you go to guys just a couple years ago, I, and I'm not pulling anybody that's a rookie this year, right? Uh, and I'm also not using last year because there was no quarterback prospect last year. Kenny Pickett was the best one, and he's not even a first-round pick. So, you know, every wide receiver in that that draft class should be taken over someone like Kenny Pickett. So I'm not using that. And this year it's just too early some of the wide receivers haven't even had play time yet, and there's so many different things for that. So, you know, giving it a little bit of time to marinate, right? I talked about this yesterday, but again, just kind of going over these numbers again. Jamar Chase versus Trevor Lawrence two years ago. Jamar Chase has outscored Trevor Lawrence on a per-game basis both all three years that they've played together. Um, you know, you you have the excuse for quarterbacks. Well, sometimes it takes them a little bit longer. You used to have a three-year window on wide receivers as well, but Trevor Lawrence, he had the Urban Meyer situation last year. They they really overperformed with what their roster was. Nobody really expected the Jaguars to be that good. Um, he finishes the quarterback number eight overall. Just behind, you know, Jamar Chase would have finished right ahead of him in terms of points. But again, Trevor Lawrence is still young. He's only 24 years old. A lot of these guys kind of peak in terms of performance at 25 to 27, somewhere in that range, right? Um, you go back two years ago, Justin Jefferson was not the one-on-one. That would have been Jerry Judy, which, you know, you compare Jerry Judy to Joe Burrow, Tua, or Justin Herbert. And it's a much different topic. You can go to C.D. Lamb, for example, um, and if you were to compare C.D. Lamb to those guys, because a lot of people had C.D. as kind of the 1A, Judy as the 1B, or vice versa. It didn't really matter which one. But even C.D. Lamb, with a slow start, last year was his best performance. He has not beaten out guys like Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. Only Justin Jefferson has outscored those guys consistently through his entire career. And that's why Justin Jefferson is the Dynasty 101 at wide receiver or 102 right behind Jamar Chase, who, again, is outscoring all of these guys, just how talented and how good these guys are. Now, obviously, Justin Jefferson, his numbers for this year are going to be down a little bit compared to the, the seasons in the past. But the only quarterback from that draft class, you know, you've got Tua, you've got Burrow, you've got Herbert. I think Jordan Love was in that draft class as well a little bit later on down the road. Um, I think he was like, pick number 24, if I remember right. But only Justin Herbert has consistently outscored Justin Jefferson through their entire careers in the NFL. And last year was a little bit of a down year for Justin Herbert. But, you know, you got to take into account the rib injuries, the no wide receivers for half the season. And there's a lot of excuses for last year. But I would say that that was kind of an outlier season. 
given the fact that he's on pace for around 100 or 370 points this upcoming year, which is nuts. Very, very high uh, in terms of points. And once it all is said and done, I would not be shocked if Justin Herbert's a top two, top three uh, quarterback on this season. Now, if you get a Justin Herbert performance from Caleb Williams, it's going to be very easy to make the case for why he should be the 101. But you go to the Tua side of this argument who, you know, tank for Tua was a real thing. People wanted the Dolphins to tank for Tua Tagovailoa, and Tua has not been as good. And, you know, make whatever arguments you want. Last year was his best situation with the Miami Dolphins. Mike McDaniel comes in and this whole offense looks much, much better. On the flip side, Tua, their offensive line is so bad that he gets all the concussions and, you know, who knows how that actually affected him in season on the back half of the half of the season. Right now, he's playing much, much better. He's on pace for around 330, uh, 320 points on the season, which would be his best by a large, large margin, and kind of right in line with um, Justin Jefferson and his average there. So that's the, the scary part, right? If Caleb Williams does not play up to what his potential is, and there's that, there's always that possibility, right? You have the off-the-field attitude issues, right? Where he wants a percentage of the franchise and ownership and blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't, he wants to pick where he goes. Oh, if, if I don't want to go play for the bears and I'm going to go back to college and he has all the ability. I'm not saying that he it's not in his right to do that. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but that is going to put a lot of um, GMs off. And if he doesn't get the team that he wants, He's kind of stuck, right? What's he going to do? Once you declare for the NFL, you are declared for the NFL. So, you know, let's say the Bears have the 101. They tell him, oh, we're going to go Drake May. That leaves the 102 with a place that wants him, and they pass him up for Michael Penning. And this is very crazy, um, crazy hypotheticals and everything. But Or let's say that that the number two slot, they trade to the Giants, for example, and, and the Giants come and get him, and that wasn't expected by... Uh, Caleb Williams. Well, now he's got to play for the Giants and you've already declared for the NFL. What are you going to do? You can't go back to to college at that point. So he's going to be stuck. And I don't think that, um, you know, there's a lot of, of, of landing spots out there that are not going to be conducive for a Caleb Williams. But at the same time, let's say that the Bears take him. Let's say that, you know, they bring in Ben Johnson to be their new head coach from the Lions, right? Who runs an amazing offense. Let's say they trade Justin Fields. Let's say, you know, they uh, let's say they trade Justin Fields. They get they get Caleb Williams and then they get uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Both they get both of these guys. Caleb Williams' floor is going to be insanely high just because of his rushing potential, his ability. You know, I hate um, <laughs> tracking college rushing stats because every sack that you get it counts against your rushing stats. That's the way that that college tracks this stuff. But the fact that you know, he has positive rushing yards is insane. (laughs) So, you know, you look at it, there's a lot of quarterbacks in college right now that if you go and check their college rushing stats, they might bust off like a 30 yard rush, but they got sacked four times for 15 yards. And uh, it says that they only have 15 rushing yards or they can be negative because of the way that it's tracked. He is such a dynamic threat on the ground. And the, some of the throws that he's made, man, his ceiling is otherworldly. His ceiling is Justin Herbert, is Patrick Mahomes, is these 
solidified top three Jalen Hurts, these type of guys. But his floor, that's where the case for Marvin Harrison Jr. came in. His floor is Zach Wilson. His floor is Trey Lance. His floor is Justin Fields, for example, where, you know, very, very good in in college and just can't cut it in the NFL. And that's the fear you have to overcome. And I think that if you are a quarterback needy, it's not a, it's not even a question. You slam the button for Caleb Williams in your rookie drafts. But even still, the upside, we all want to win championships, right? And I'm trying to do this without undercutting my argument for Marvin Harrison Jr. The ceiling play, unless you are solidified at quarterback and absolutely solidified, you have to go with the ceiling play almost every single time because of it's just so hard to get these guys. And there's so few of these guys that actually do it and on a consistent basis that if you have the chance to get one of these guys, it's hard. It's very, very hard to pass up. So Caleb Williams, I think he's a generational talent. I really do. I actually believe that, you know, there's a lot of people that are doubting him now uh, because of what he's been able to do at USC. And, you know, I think it's silly. This offense is not doing him any favors. This defense is terrible. The fact that he has 7,700 yards through two seasons, you know, a season and a half at USC is nuts. He's he's averaging, he's got 71 touchdowns with USC. 71 touchdowns in a season and a half. He's probably going to finish with around 90 touchdowns when it's all said and done. Maybe 80, 80, 85 the dude is just special. He's got a lot of rushing touchdowns. You know, he's got 21 total um, in, at USC. The dude can score from anywhere. The ceiling is definitely there. The floor is a little bit lower than someone like a Marvin Harrison Jr. But again, you got to play for the ceiling in 90% of the situation. So that's the case for Caleb Williams to be the Dynasty Superflex 101. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments. Uh, you can find the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple, Rumble, Stitcher, anywhere the podcasts are found. Leave a comment, leave a subscription, leave a review, anything that you'd like just to help us out. And we also want to hear your thoughts on this. And again, tomorrow we're going to be back with a one quarterback mock draft for the 2024 season. But we're going to be talking about that. And uh, it gives us a chance to evaluate these guys, gets a little bit more of the skill players in there because with the Superflex, you have so many quarterbacks in this upcoming draft class that are exciting. But in a one quarterback, I'm not taking Bo Nix in the first round. I'm not taking Michael Penix in the first round. So we'll see how high some of these guys end up going in a one quarterback, whether or not we have both Drake May and Caleb Williams up there. But that'll be a fun one. Me and Dale are going to be talking about that here tomorrow. So make sure you guys check us out and hear our thoughts on that as well. So that said, thank you guys again for joining me. And you can find the podcast on Twitter one more time at FF After Dark. You can find me on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin and my co-host at Dynasty underscore Dale. Thanks guys so much for joining us and have a good night. And we all got dreams. We all want things. But what you gonna do for it? How you gonna move for it? What you gonna be?